Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations by Practical E-Commerce. I'm Carrie Murdoch. It's not every day that we speak with a Stanford PhD in philosophy who has funded the construction of schools around the world. That same person started dabbling in e-commerce a decade or so ago, and his company is now a publicly traded retailing powerhouse. He's Patrick Byrne, and the company is Overstock.com. He's here today to discuss holiday sales strategies, among other e-commerce topics. Well, Patrick, thank you for your time today. Uh, great to be here, Kerry. Thank you. What does Overstock do to prepare for the holidays? Well, a uh, number of things. First of all, our systems. We have to make sure we do a lot of development and over the year and, 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 and developing new technology. And we have to make sure that by the time we get to November 1st, none of it is fragile anymore, that it's all hardened and, and bolted down. We have kind of a theoretical code freeze where we don't even roll much new technology once you get past November 1st, just because we don't want anything to break. We also build our inventory substantially, and we develop some integrated marketing campaigns to go out very aggressively into the market. And I would say the last thing is we've cut our prices. We've discovered we've spent the whole year sort of stripping costs out of the supply chain and the marketing chain, and we, as we strip those costs out, we pass a fair chunk of them back on to the consumer in forms of lower prices. So our pricing has got, I would say, exceptionally sharp this holiday season, probably sharper than it's ever been. Wow. I noticed that it looks like you'll, your company will grow something around $750 million for the year, give or take, in annual sales. How, what percentage of that will, will be holiday-related, would you guess? Well, in general, I, we, we, we are growing again. I do think we should be positive growth for the year. And typically our fourth quarter is close to 40% of our annual sales. And the period for November, December is a uh, – close to about 30%, roughly 30% of our annual sales occur in that, those two months. Wow. So my $750 million number sounds low to me. <laughs> those sound a little low. Yep, they sound a little low to me. Yes, it does to me too, having heard what you just said. So roughly 40% fourth quarter. Uh, well, not 40% growth, but 40% of our uh, year occurs of your year. fourth quarter. And of that, even really 30% occurs in just uh, – in, in just over really a six or seven week period. 
think wow. every six or seven weeks. Wow. Patrick, our audience, uh, the audience for practical e-commerce is smaller, uh, smaller e-commerce merchants. Our, uh, a lot of small family-owned mom-and-pop type businesses. What advice would you have for them uh, as they prepare for the holidays and beyond? Are they, are they e-tailers? E-tailers. E-tailers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two pieces of advice. One is you can the, – what the Internet – there's an old saying from John Wanamaker 50, 80 years ago said that half the money I spend on marketing is wasted. The problem is I just don't know which half. <laughs> uh, the, the Internet lets you figure out which half. And it figures – and you find out, by the way, it's not half. It's 80%, 90% of a typical company. Uh, and, but with, with measurement and data on the internet, you can reduce that to zero. You can, you can reduce the waste to zero. You can figure out the payback on every single marketing dollar you spend if it's online. So you have to invest in the systems that let you do that. Now, 10 years ago, they were, they were hugely expensive and you needed big development teams. Now you can pretty much get that stuff off the shelf. Through, through one advertising network or another, MSN is, is, is a, has very good technology, DoubleClick. There's lots of people, Google, of course, that great technology for advertisers that let you figure out the payback on every dollar. And you really want to keep, you want to keep your, I mean, as a rough rule of thumb, you probably want to keep what you're spending equal to the gross profit you're making from the channel and not more. Or not much more, because that way, you know, you make the money, or you break even on the first transaction. Then, if you can get people to come back, that's when you make the money. So, and ideally, you want to spend less money on marketing than you're making in the gross profit from that transaction, from that channel. So, the only way to get there is to have the systems. Now, fortunately, the systems are now. You don't have to buy anything. You can just by taking part in, in the right advertising networks. Some of them have very advanced systems that let you measure the payback and everything you're doing. That's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is if you can, since so much is data-driven, if you can uh, afford it, uh, you got to have some equivalent of what's called a data warehouse. And, you know, that can be a, there's very small ones that mom and pops can afford, but you got to have some sort of central repository of your data and develop techniques and it's a full-time job for somebody to be looking at the data and finding the patterns because what you find is that well just like a brook can be an average of say three feet deep but there's one place it's 10 feet deep and you drown Mm -hmm. you you may have a thousand customers and you and you're getting you know whatever two hundred thousand dollars of revenue but if you really analyze where your profit is. What you find is your pro- all your profit, you know, 140% of your profit is coming out of 50% of those customers, I mean, 50 per- 5% of those customers. 50 of those customers out of the 1,000 are giving you all your profit and maybe, maybe all of your profit and then some. And the other 950 people that you're serving are actually costing you money. And so you can't, and what you want to do is, of course, try to sort of get rid of them and get more people like the 50. You can't get there can't do that unless you have really some good analysis. And if you're not going to put the time in to be doing that kind of analysis, you probably need to stay in a different game. Because what the internet is doing is letting people 
there's so much data and there's such strong patterns that can be found that the people who are figuring out how to find those patterns and harness them are able to strip so much cost out of their system that you're really not going to be able to compete with them unless you're willing to play the same game. Now, fortunately, the systems, like I said, are cheap and enough and small enough that even a mom and pop can compete if you, if you sign up with the right advertising networks, which help you with all this. Uh, but doing that kind of data-driven marketing is, is a big part of the game, as well as, of course, keeping your other expenses low. A listener that is uh, taking part of this, that's listening to this, a smaller business, they may have two or three employees, a niche freestanding e-commerce site. They may be saying, overstock.com is a reason why I can't, I can't grow. It's impossible for me to compete against a company of that size and magnitude. What would you say to that person that's listening to this? That says well, that? I, I would say that's, that's not true. We started off tiny. We started off in a, with a little room full of people. And we sort of grew well, 1.8 million, then 30. We just, you know, so uh, so it's not true. But there's actually an alternative for that, that person, and this is this is really, you know, I, it, it kind of sounds self-serving, but I think it's a better, it's at least a good course of action as the first recommendation I just made, and that is overstock. People don't know this widely. But 80% of our products that you see on our site, we really don't warehouse. We don't have. We make deals with all these little mom and pops. We have thousands of suppliers who drop ship for us. And there's people who start off in their garage with us and now have multi, multi million dollar businesses. And I hear from the bankers who call and say, gee, there's this fellow in a town in California and he's his bank, you know, that the bank couldn't even believe that this guy had built a business of several million dollars and he needed to go and get a warehouse and a second warehouse. There, there are suppliers, but they don't actually ship the products to us. They integrate to us. And so if you have a product that can be sold on overstock and fits in one of our categories and we're expanding all the time, instead of all the expense of building your own website and stuff, get in touch. We, you know, we load you, we have this very simple software that you can integrate to and then we're doing all the marketing. We're doing everything that I just said. We're driving the traffic and converting the customers. We're handling the customer service, handling the credit cards, doing all the things. And so that customer never really needs to know that it's actually a mom and pop in Des Moines or a mom and pop in San Francisco who's actually drop shipping the product to them. There's about, we have over, well over a thousand of these partners and a lot of little mom and pops have built very nice businesses, getting a niche, Getting it live on our site, your your typically your sales. It's much different than eBay or Amazon Marketplace. We we're not open to the world. We 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 were. It's much more of an intimate relationship where you're not just posting whatever you want. But you work with our buyers. You get your products, get them up, and we deliver a lot of sales to these kind of people. So that I think the best solution for the mom and pops is to become integrated into our ecosystem, and that saves you all the expense of building your own. Uh, marketing programs and things like that. What what percentage of your merchandise, you mentioned the products there that are for sale that you warehouse and that you don't warehouse, uh, is it, what percentage is, is closeout and liquidated related merchandise versus non-closeout liquidated related? Well, in a sense it's, well, it certainly all started off being closeout and liquidation. And so mm-hmm. 
And we started off, fine. The, the people who deal in that trade in the retail world are called jobbers. We started buying from jobbers and became a jobber. And we became a really an Uber jobber, selling to jobbers. But we've actually kind of moved back to the intermediate level where we, we do a lot of buying ourselves. And that is primarily, can't say 100%, but that's primarily closeout and liquidation and uh, overwhelming, I would say. And then we also have these partners. And the partners typically tend to be folks in that world. They have access to closeout and liquidation inventory. And so a lot of those partners are themselves jobbers who, it's a mom and pop jobber. They have some source of excess inventory out of a factory. They don't want to build their own website and marketing programs and, and all that kind of stuff. So they just integrate with us. And and so I would say between us and our partners, I had to pick a number, I'd say three quarters of it at least. It's actually, it's closed out in one way or another. It's either been a bankruptcy or a liquidation or somebody somewhere wants to get rid of the inventory. And there's different ways that it reaches us, but it's it's probably 75% or more of what we call authentic closeout. And then some of it is just a factory says, gee, they've got downtime. They they don't have, they've got a six-week period where they don't have enough orders to keep busy. And so they'll make stuff for us at, at a special price, but it's just to keep their factory busy. And arguably, you could say, well, that's overstock too. That's just a different kind of overstock. It's an overstock of time, of time in a factory rather than a physical product. But so anyway, one way or another, the goods that end up with us are they're they're overstocked, but they may be different kinds of overstock. They may be bankruptcies, or maybe just the factory one. Okay, let me change directions on you just for a sec. We write a fair amount here on shopping cart abandonment and items that drive shopping cart abandonment. What do you think of offering free shipping? That in, our, in the research we, we conduct, that's either number one or close to being number one is consumers' perception of high shipping cost. What's your opinion of offering free shipping? Well, I like free shipping. Um, I like free shipping. I do think customers, there's evidence that customers value it more highly than they should in the sense of economic, we notice on days we have free shipping, suddenly people order disproportionately $500 bookcases. Now our normal shipping policy is $2.95. So if they're, if they're waiting to a free shipping day to order that $500 bookcase, it means that, you know, on a normal, on a normal day it's only three bucks. So it, it seems that they're, they're overvaluing the free shipping. And women especially, however, you know, if that's how they value it, that's how they value it. It's up to us to adopt or adapt. Um, women especially, and pardon the latent sexism, but as soon as you just talk about marketing, you get talking, there are differences in the way people shop. Women especially do not like sticker shock on checkout. They especially object to getting into the checkout process and seeing, you know, $30 to ship a television or something. So you're really driving away female customers you do that. Men have not as big a problem with it. They have other things they care about. Women care about the two primary things are the shipping costs and the quality of customer service. So if especially if you're selling a product that is oriented towards women, you have to make sure you've got great customer service and you got to do something about your shipping. If you know that it's going to cost you, if you're selling a $100 product and you know it's going to cost you, you know, $10 to ship it, 
probably better off just saying it's $110 with free shipping. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's, that's better than saying it's $100, but there's a $10 charge and checkout. Mm-hmm. Patrick, we spend uh, our niche in the world, of course, is e-commerce. And I feel like I should be calling you Dr. Byrne because it's not every day we talk to a Ph.D. in philosophy. So, anything else on your mind today for uh, oh. our our listeners in re- in regards to e-commerce? Best of luck to everybody out there that uh, are making a go in the, of this in this industry. And don't forget what I said: if you uh, if you got great products, but you're you're having uh, building the site is is a uh, it's difficult. Don't remember to look into the Overstock Partner Program. And, and in any case, best of luck to all your listeners. So that URL for the Partner Program that would be Overstock.com. Is there a subdomain after that for the Partner Program, or is that just on your site somewhere? Actually, just it's on our site, or just write mm-hmm. me an email. I'm Patrick at Overstock.com. Just drop me an email. Okay, great. That's Overstock.com and Patrick Byrne. We want to thank you for your time today, sir. My honor. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.